The No New Friends podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. For the best in below-the-waist grooming, check out manscaped.com. Use the promo code NNF for 20% off your purchase. That's manscaped.com. Welcome to the No New Friends podcast, the podcast for adults who love to laugh at adulting. Join Scott, Mary, Chris, and Sarah as they discuss adulting topics that may not be suitable for little ears. Unless you are a small adult like Chris. And then it's fine. Now, after Star Wars, you did a bunch of other stuff. But then you got into the Academy Awards in like the late 80s, yeah. early early 90s. And then you eventually become the head writer in, of the Academy Awards. I did. I, I, I was actually, uh, you know, the writing credits were very fluid. I was billed uh, as a writer on 25 of them. And some of them I was special material. Some of them I was head writer. Some of them I was co-head writer. I never could keep track. Wikipedia decided I was head writer. And I'm not correcting them because they, they make mistakes and I just don't correct them. I mean, they, I mean, there's, I think there's something on the Wikipedia page about how I am a dedicated vegan, which is hilarious. Because I have, and, and I was on another show and, and they brought that up and I said, no, I said, I, I not only eat meat, I suck it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, you know, I mean, take that wiki. <laughs> Run with it. Run with it. Do with it what you will. And now it's time for the No New Friends podcast with Scott, Mary, Chris, and Sarah. Come on, it's 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. That's right, you're listening to the No New Friends podcast, voted number one by our friends and family. We're the podcast for adults who like to laugh at adulting. Now, if you'd like to connect with us on the Instagram, the Facebook, the Twitter, the YouTube, all of our social media links, they're right there on our website. That's nonewfriendspodcast.com. While you're there, check out our really sweet merchandise, and you can join our clubhouse. Become a friend with benefits, if you will. That's our Patreon. And check out all of our member-exclusive content you can Watch us record these things live, and you can check out Sarah's secret stash. My name is Scott. I'm the host with me, as always, my co-host, the scumbag reselling hoarder himself, Chris. These are not speared fingers. These are spear fingers, and these are gold. That would be bring it on. And you know how ah. I know you know how I know that is because on Twitch you were sharing uh, your screen, and I saw yeah. the cheerleaders. So yeah, I think that one. I was uh, wondering where that was going, honestly. I, I, <laughs> I think um, uh, Ryan, new Ryan, uh, please look uh, fact check me. But I think I won best picture. Yeah, probably, probably. Um, also, doesn't have a nickname yet, but Sarah. Aw, yeah, that's depressing. Yeah, that was really depressing. <laughs> okay. I felt a little like bad too. My bad. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Well, we're off to a swimming start. Also, our <laughs> producer Alex. What's up, bro? And bro, and and girl, bro. Now, if you tuned in, this is your first time tuning in and, you, and you're looking forward to that Bruce Valanche interview. That's coming up in segment two. So bear with us. Just deal with our idiocracy, uh, I think, or idiocracy or whatever dumb stuff that we're going to do in, here in segment one. But how was everybody's Valentine's Day? Did you guys have a good one? Sarah, mm-hmm. you started. Oh, wow. Wait, that was oh. a, that was a, that was a um, that was a pretty sad response. We that was a sad, sad response with the arcade clothes. Oh, no yeah, Chuck E. That- cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Now you have to explain. No, well, two sick children uh, woke up at like noon and watched 
TV all day. You know what? This you know. is karma. This is karma, Sarah, because you chose to eat at a food truck uh, or wa- yeah, instead of Wawa, missed an episode. <laughs> so now you had to miss date day at the Chuck E. Cheese. So this is kind of on you. I'm sorry. This is just how it works. There, in the was, podcast there world. was still some form of a date in there, you know? Oh, oh good. We don't have Costco in Daytona, but, you know, just saying. Whoa! Whoa. But you have the the Costco at the Nerd House. I like it. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Waking up at 12 and watching TV all day, that's just like like every day for me. So that wouldn't have been anything out of the ordinary. (laughs) No, yeah. It's kind of the same for us. For those of you who this is your first episode listening to, let me just uh, give you a glossary of terms. Costco is a metaphor for sex here uh, at the No New Friends podcast because the opposite of that is BJ's, which is... Uh, not sex. It's uh, something else. So, Chris, how was your Valentine's Day? Speaking of wholesale. So, I went to Costco as well. Ah, very nice. But the real one, right? Literal, literal <laughs> Costco. Uh, overdrew my bank account. Um, <laughs> yeah, because you can only use one type of card there, and it was the card that is not my my Amex. And uh, so it was my debit, account, my debit account, which is on life support currently because of Valentine's Day expenses. Valentine's Day expenses. Let's take it a day before Valentine's Day. I actually went out and got stuff before Valentine's Day this year. Like the psychopath that you called the rest of us. Against my will. Listen, so I'm on my way home from the office, which is a place that I go to watch TV. <laughs> And, and and edit a lot of videos and do yeah. sorts of stuff for the podcast. In fact, it's so funny because you tell me, yeah, I'm going to be at the office. So I'm going to get so much done for the podcast. And I'm like, isn't that the opposite of how it's supposed to work? So I go to, uh, so on my way home and I'm, you know, I'm going to come home, I'm going to play some Harry Potter and uh, I get a text from my father. It says, I need a big favor from you. And I, I knew exactly where it was going, but I just, I said, uh, oh, what, what's up? He goes, you know what I need. And with that, every day before an occasion, he texts me and asks me to go and get stuff for, for my mom from him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm on my way home. Like, okay, I guess I'm going Valentine's Day shopping today. Might as well just get it all done. So I go to the supermarket to pick up chocolate covered strawberries and they're all out. There's a chocolate covered strawberry shortage, guys. There's, there's no chocolate covered strawberries. Whoever was making chocolate covered strawberries, uh, ate at a food truck the day before and, <laughs> and, and called out sick. So I was like, uh, you know what? I'm going to do something romantic. I'm going to make chocolate covered strawberries. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So if Scott will remember this, cause I'm on, uh, I was going to, you know, when Emily goes to sleep around nine 30, I was going to go in, into the kitchen and make some chocolate covered strawberries. No, I get on February 13th. I get on a zoom. I say, Hey Scott, you have 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> And um, for the first hour, we were figuring out why his microphone wasn't working. And then for the next hour, we were trying to figure out why his video camera wasn't working. (laughs) So we get off around 1130. (laughs) And uh, after two and a half hours of troubleshooting Scott's hardware, I go to make these these chocolate strawberries. You know, at my age, I have to troubleshoot my hardware all the time. (laughs) And but you usually you I mean it was a dream for you that night because you got a little boy to help you. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! You usually have to do it on your own. Or Google Jesus. It. So anyway, um, I, now I remember the other night Lewis said I'm just gonna hop on with the guys real quick, real quick. It was 
Three hours later. Three hours. Yeah, yeah oh, that was yeah. night but... one. That was night one of microphone issues. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. This was. It's. It's an ongoing thing. So anyway, so I go and I. Uh, I'm like, how do I make chocolate covered strawberries? We're gonna melt this chocolate somehow. So I get the chocolate chips. I put them in a little ramekin. I throw them in the microwave. Boom, melted. They're done. They're melted. They're 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 chocolate sauce now. Right. So put the strawberries in that. Went swimmingly. Then I was like, let me get a little fancy. Get some little white stripes on these things. Oh. And uh, so I get the white Ghirardelli chocolate. And I'm going to say white Ghirardelli chocolate. So Emily knows that I spent $4 on these white chocolate chips. I did use off-brand milk chocolate. You never know the difference. So I get the white I get the white chocolate for the stripes. I put it in the microwave. And I was like, let me leave little notes around the apartment for tomorrow when she wakes up. Joke's on me because she didn't wake up tomorrow. She woke up that night when oh. the white chocolate burned because I went around the house to leave notes. And two minutes is way too long for a few a few chocolate chips, and the fire alarm goes off and wakes oh, no. up uh, and 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 wakes up uh, wakes up my Valentine. He saw everything that I was trying to surprise her with. So that was my Valentine's Day Eve. I was, but, uh, but it was and, the thought and, that counted, right? It was the thought that counted. Uh, she wasn't. And you know what? The cra- craziest thing is when she um when she woke up out of a deep sleep and saw me making them. She wasn't as excited as I thought she'd be uh, to see me making chocolate covered strawberries for her. <laughs> She was probably kind of con- yeah. She was she, listen. She was probably concerned that you were going to burn the house down, and uh, and that would be a huge issue because then you'd have to instead of moving in with your parents, you'd have to like move in more with your parents. I don't know if that's we'd have to move like twenty feet to the right. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. All right. So buckle in, saddle up. Picture Uh-oh. at Winter Garden twenty twenty three. I actually shopped early for for Valentine's Day. Okay, <laughs> I went. On Amazon about three weeks earlier, and I purchased, you know, because I've got the three big events. I've got Valentine's Day, her anniversary. Are you okay? <laughs> Lewis writes in the chat, Chris, holla at me on how to melt white chocolate. <laughs> I was trying to ignore that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was, that was really good. <laughs> So I did I did the sensible thing. I've got the three big holidays, you know, our anniversary, Valentine's Day, her birthday, all in the same month. So three opportunities to let her down. So I went on Amazon like three weeks ago, made all purchases at the same time. So they all arrived at the same time. I'm like, great, they're here. It's in this little package. Threw it in my hiding place and just let it ride. And I was like, okay, I'm going to wake up on Valentine's Day once she takes her mom to the airport, which is a whole nother story, by the way, when the in-laws are in town. But anyway... She's going to take her to the airport, and then I'm going to put everything together. Everything's going to be great. So Rachel leaves, takes her mom to the airport. I get into the packages, okay? Mm-hmm. And I forget, of course, what I got her. And they're all in you know, boxes, so I have to go into the box, see what I got her. And I'm like, okay, well, this is, okay, is this for birthday or anniversary or Valentine's Day? I don't know. I'll put it to the side. Open the next one. I was like, okay, this one's for anniversary. It says four years. Uh, open up the next one. Oh, I guess this is also for anniversary. It says four years. So I'm I'm left with two things and I'm like, okay, one is this thing. And then the other is, is this music box that uh, plays one of the songs that we played at our wedding. Well, when I saw it on Amazon, Chris, it was, you know, it looked big. This thing was about, I don't know, two inches. Okay. Two <laughs> inches in length, uh, maybe about an inch in girth. And uh-huh. I'm like, it's pretty oh. big for you. <laughs> right, right, right. I hadn't seen anything that big in a while. Anyway, so it, like I'm, I, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm like, this is t- what is this? A music box for ants? So now, <laughs> Chris, I'm in a complete panic. Okay, I jump in my car 
And I'm like, well, you know what? I need a Diet Coke light ice anyway. So I go to the 7-Eleven. Well, guess what? 7-Eleven has roses on sale. So I'm oh. a classy dude. I, <laughs> I buy uh, roses at 7-Eleven. And uh, it, it, the store she manager goes and was, smells them. It just smells like burnt coffee and gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> burnt Taquitos. coffee. Don't forget the <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, bare feet. So I, I I go up and I pay for these roses. And the and the, and the cashier is actually the general manager. And she's like, "Wow, so you really waited till last minute? You're buying flowers at Seven Eleven?" And I said, "Listen." <laughs> Listen, don't judge, okay? I said I had this whole plan. Anyway, I explained the story to her. So now I I head over to the Walgreens, okay? And because now I've got to get a card. Well, there's balloons uh, right there at the register. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get the biggest goddamn balloon that I can see. And this thing is, Chris, it's it's bigger than you, um, which it's isn't saying, saying <laughs> It's not saying much. But this thing is massive. So I get that. I get her a card and then I see like the Whitman's chocolate. And remember, uh, per my story last week, like I, you know, I, I don't know what kind of chocolate to get her. So the best thing to do is get her the assorted chocolates. So go pay. I'm feeling really good about myself. I've got this music box for ants. I've got the Whitman's chocolate. I've got this gigantic balloon and I've got this really funny card. Great. So I get home. Now, Sarah, have you ever seen how I met your mother? Yes. Um, Okay, so she's on her way home. I try, I try to pull off the naked man. What? I try to pull off the naked man, which I, is, it's this move that works one out of every three times where when you're on a date and, and, and you, they go to the bathroom or whatever, and when they come back, you're naked. So I tried the naked man. She immediately felt queasy, and that was the end of <laughs> Valentine's Day for me. Uh, there was no Costco. It was uh, a disaster. She loved the gifts, loved the gifts, but there was no Costco for me. So the one guaranteed day out of the year did not happen. You have two more though, right? I do have two more. One is tomorrow. One is tomorrow. And one is uh, the end of the month. Now, that's a good point. It works 33% of the time, you said? Correct. It works one out of every three times. So you're 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 0 for 1, but you have two more opportunities. I do have two more opportunities. Now, the, her birthday, that, that's pretty much a no-go because – and I think I've talked about this before. She thinks she has this birthday curse. And some of the events that have happened on, on or like right near her birthday, I can understand why she thinks that there's a birthday curse. I mean, first of all, her dad died on her birthday. So there's that. You know, in one of her properties, a falcon flew in to one of her tenant spaces and you cannot remove a falcon. They're a protected species. So she called like a falconeer or something to come in. And he said, I'll be, I'll be there in three days or whatever. And it, it just stayed there for her entire birthday, the entire day of her birthday. I mean, like how, how freak of a thing is that a falcon just flies into a, a, a tenant space the morning after her birthday, the bird flew out. <laughs> oh my god wish she bet you flew out after her birthday too. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway uh it, listen if you're gonna try the naked man uh you know uh good luck and um it's probably not gonna work or it's only gonna work one out of three times but it 
it did lead us to an interesting conversation, Chris. And uh, and I need I need both of your advice on this so from from a male perspective, from a female perspective. Okay, and this is it's it's a little bit personal, but uh, but okay. let's you know no topics off limit, right? It says it on our T shirt, so it must be Absolutely. true. It must be true. So we're talking about, you know, I've done a lot of uh, the usage of the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 to get ready for this month of horror, as I call it. And and we talked last week about how they haven't they haven't fixed the fact that I'm fat and I can't see everything that's going on down there. Oh, no. So you look at a poodle down there or something. (laughs) No. (laughs) So I asked Rachel, I said, you know, once a week, you think you can maybe help me, you know, just uh, with the hard to reach areas now. This is a twofold thing. One, I actually need her help. Two, I just want to get touched. God damn it! Um, <laughs> so, Chris, th- th- this is where I need your all's help. Chris, yay or nay? Is would you ask Emily to do that uh, if you had hard to reach areas that you couldn't get to with your lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped? Oh, absolutely not. I'm gonna MacGyver that thing so that I I will like I'll, I'll be able to like attach it onto like a uh, like a ruler with a joint on it or something and. And be able to reach down there. I'm not asking anyone for help with that, Scott. Okay. See, now normally it'd be hard to trust someone, but because of the that you know patented ceramic guard that prevents the nicking and scratching, I, I feel okay with it. Okay, Sarah, I feel weird asking you this <laughs> because I feel like HR is going to come down on me. But would you shave the, Lewis's the balls? The answer is the answer is if he asked, I would. Would he ask? No. no but if he- <laughs> But if he did, yeah, sure. Why not? I don't care. I've seen it all. <laughs> so, <laughs> so was I out of line? I, I, I like. Uh, I feel like. I feel like I'm alone on this. Um, I don't know, man. I, there's just some things you've got to do on your own. There's just some things you got to do on your own, man. And that's that's one of them. I feel fully confident doing it on my own because I know it's not going to nick or cut me, Scott. You just have to trust in the product and trust in your abilities, man. So just feel like, right down there. You, you know, you, listen. You 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 know that area down there. <laughs> go nuts. You know it more than anybody else. You know, <laughs> you know more more than probably Rachel does. Yeah, but there's some there's some parts down there that I haven't seen in years. Unless Neither I'm is Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> so you have way more experience than she does, man. <laughs> You're not wrong. But listen, if you want if you want a clean shaven balls with no nicks, you know you can do it yourself. Just you know. Just have confidence in yourself. Do it. That little patented ceramic guard there will prevent nicking and scratching. Just check out manscaped.com. Use the promo code NNF for 20% off. Now, right after the break, we've got an amazing interview with Bruce Valanche, whose credits are insane. He wrote the Star Wars Holiday Special, Hollywood Squares, a bunch of stuff. I'll let you tell him more about it. But I think Alex is going to tell you about it right now. The word history comes from ancient Greece. First used by Aristotle. Historians seek knowledge of the past using historical sources. I use Google. This is The His with Alex. I can't wait for you guys to hear the next segment, the Bruce Valanche interview. Some of you may not know who Bruce Valanche is, so let me learn you something. Bruce was born in New York City and raised in New Jersey by his adoptive parents. He started performing as a child as a model. Valanche attended the Ohio State University, where he studied theater and journalism. He began his career as a writer for the Chicago Tribune as an entertainment writer. This allowed him to meet many celebrities, eventually leading him to become friends with Bette Midler. Bruce would go on and write comedy material for Midler. Valanche then moved to L.A. where he got work writing for The Donnie and Marie Show, The Star Wars Holiday Special, The Brady Bunch Variety Hour, and comedy jokes for stars 
like Billy Crystal, Roseanne Barr, Robin Williams, Rosie O'Donnell, and many more. Valanche for four years was a head writer in Celebrity Square on Hollywood Squares. Bruce also contributed to many concert shows starring Bette Midler and Diana Ross. In 1975, Valanche made his film debut playing dress manufacturer in the film Mahogany Buddies, which starred Diana Ross. He then acted on Bosom Buddies, Breathless, The Ice Pirates, and Law and & Order. From 1989 to 2014, Valanche wrote for the Academy Awards, and in 2000, he became the head writer. Also in 2000, Bruce performed his off-Broadway one-man show, Bruce Valanche, almost famous, at the West Beth Theater Center. In 2005, he starred on Broadway as Edna Turnblad in the musical Hairspray. In 2008, Valanche co-wrote the showgirl Must Go On with Midler, which opened at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. And then, in 2010, he co-wrote An Evening with Friends with Florence Henderson. Bruce Valanche had an amazing career as a writer, earning two consecutive Emmy Awards for his writing of the Academy Awards. He also won four additional Emmys. He has also been the recipient of many awards for his work with charity. I hope this history gives you an idea of the talent that No New Friends is about to interview. You're listening to the No New Friends podcast. We'll be right back with Bruce Valanche. You want to join a cult? Well, this might be your lucky day. For just $2 a month and a simple blood oath, you can join our clubhouse and become a friend with benefits. In addition to the amazing feeling of donating to the poor, you will have access to Patreon-exclusive content, live shows, and maybe even a behind-the-scenes look at my secret stash. To get started, head on over to nonewfriendspodcast.com and hit join our clubhouse. Can't wait to see you at the initiation ceremony. Oh, and in the chat during our live shows, of course. There are three things that I hate in life. Taxes, nausea, and booking vacations. The first two I'm stuck with, but for the third, I use Sandpiper Vacations. Sandpiper Vacations is a small business that is LGBTQ plus owned and operated with travel advisors all over the country. Whether it's a cruise, a trip to a theme park, or an all-inclusive resort, Sandpiper has you covered. Oh, and I forgot to mention, it's free. Why book a vacation when you can have someone else do it for you? That's like choosing to take the stairs in a building that has an elevator. Leave the headaches of booking a vacation to someone else. Get your quote today at www.sandpipervacations.com and tell them that the No New Friends podcast sent you. What's going on, nerds? This is Lewis from the Nerd Archive podcast. Alongside my co-host Yadi, Lola, and Justin, we bring you everything about Star Wars, Harry Potter, Marvel, DC Comics, and video games, and more. New episodes every Friday at 8 a.m. on all podcast platforms. See you then, nerds. Now back to the program. Hey, guys. Comedian James John, and you are listening to the No New Friends podcast. Coming up next is our amazing interview with Bruce Valanche. We really hope you enjoy this interview. Now, for time, we did have to make some cuts. If you'd like to listen to the full interview with Bruce Valanche, just join our Patreon. That's www.patreon.com slash podcast, or just visit our website. That's nonewfriendspodcast.com. Click on Join Our Clubhouse and become a Patreon member for as low as $2 a month. Enjoy the interview. Welcome back to the No New Friends podcast. We are joined by a very special guest this evening. I need like four hours to go through all of his credits. You've seen his work. He was the head writer for the Academy Awards from 2000 to 2014. He was a head writer and appeared on Hollywood Squares and had the square right next to Whoopi Goldberg. He wrote the Brady Bunch Variety Hour. He's written for several comedians like Robin Williams, Billy Crystal, and many more. And he wrote everyone's favorite 
Star Wars movie, the Star Wars Holiday Special. I'm talking about Bruce Valanche. Bruce, how are you this evening? I'm intergalactic. <laughs> what, what does that mean? Uh, I'm I'm very well, thank you. I'm fluffing out my hair so I give you more of a sheet. You look, look. fabulous. You absolutely because, fabulous. Good. Bruce, you've had this amazing career that spanned over decades. Kind of tell me how it started. Where where did it all start for you? Well, I was a, I was a child actor. I grew up in New Jersey, right across from the George Washington Bridge, and I, I evinced an early interest in showbiz, and I liked dancing around the house and performing and stuff. So my parents encouraged it, and I was a child actor. I was not a child star, or we'd be having this conversation in rehab. <laughs> they, don't, they don't do well as a rule. And uh, so I kept acting, and then I was, but I was, um, I had a deep voice, and I was, uh, you know, large, heavy, and I always looked older. I was like born 40. And uh, I, I was always competing uh, as I got older with people who were the real thing. And I was a kid pretending to be the real thing. So I, I kind of got into writing because it was another creative outlet because I had no motor skills. I couldn't, you know, play an instrument or paint or any of that stuff that, that other kind of artists do. So I was uh, I was writing. I wound up writing. It started at, for the school paper, and then I just kept writing. It was about what I knew, which was show business, pretty much. When I got, I went to college, I was a, a dual major. I was acting and I was writing at the same time. And I got a job at the Chicago Tribune afterwards. And I met Bette Midler very early on, uh, early in her career, and I started writing for her. And that was the, uh, the beginning of the professional show business writing career. I said, journalism, fact, goodbye. Unreality, hello, I'm your guy. <laughs> and I started doing that. And, and after five years uh, at the paper, I, I came out to Hollywood to write a, a TV series for the Manhattan Transfer, which was at the time a nostalgia group and has since become a jazz group. And I... I, had, I was writing for a lot of different people while I was in Chicago, and they all were doing television and stuff, so I, I suddenly had another career. So I left Chicago and came out here, and I stayed. And it has been back and forth uh, between those things ever since. I, I was out 20 years when um, they decided to bring back the Hollywood Squares, and Whoopi was going to be the center square, and they asked, I was, they asked me to write it, to be the head writer, and uh, she wanted me to host it. And, of wow. course, they, they thought, well, she's nuts. But they, they didn't want to piss her off so early in the game. So they said, we'll test him. So I did his test. Now, this is for the win, Louise. And they said, well, you're not exactly mainstream, what we were looking for. But we'll put you in a square. So I wound up in the square next to Whoopi. I think they, they thought I would tame her. <laughs> Pretty good uh, consolation. I, exactly. But, you know, as, as she is always fond of saying, what they didn't take into account was that she is really a, a Jewish, a gay Jewish guy. And I am really a woman. So, <laughs> <laughs> there was no taming to be done. That's amazing. Uh, first thing that comes to your head when I say Star Wars Hollywood or Star Wars holiday special. Holiday special. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of like you can't beat it with a stick. I mean, it won't go away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what comes because everybody asks about it. And I'm uh, to the point where uh, I'm, now, I'm now writing a book about that and about a whole bunch of other colossal disasters that I wrote that, and managed to survive. And it's, it's kind of like about television in the 70s and how these things that everybody your age is now watching on YouTube, how they came about at, at the beginning. And of course, Star Wars is the most famous of them. But at the time, you know, Star Wars was a big summer movie. 
It was it was one of the early blockbusters. It was released in you know four thousand theaters, and but it was a, a year and a half afterwards. And George was about to start The Empire Strikes Back, and he wanted to stir the pot because you know the the uh, uh, sales of the uh, action figure Princess Leia doll was uh, were, were beginning to crater. <laughs> so uh, he uh, wanted to have something else to go on. And he had these other stories. He told me he had six stories he was going to film. And then he had these four other stories cooking around. And he took one of them, probably the one at the bottom of the pile, and uh, sold it to CBS because Star Wars was was a brand already. But it, it, it had not become and you know what it became later. That after the first three movies were released and the Internet came in, First, the videotape came in and people watched them on VHS. And then the internet made it possible for them to watch them over and over and over. Uh, they became the uh, a religion. It became the Scientology of the nerds. So <laughs> when they discovered the Star Wars Holiday Special, which was a dumb TV show that we put together to promote basically the Star Wars brand, they felt betrayed. They said, to George, how could you do this? How could you, you know stomp on our myth and he got scared i think he you know because they were a rabid bunch so uh, he tried to get you know bury all all but you can't bury anything on the internet that was that anymore the, nope the bitter truth and then of course every time he comes back with a new star wars project it, it just all uh belches up again and so he finally i think uh surrendered he after the, uh, Disney bought the company, he sold the uh, Star Wars holiday special to Lego for, to put on Disney Plus. And there was last year, there was the Star Wars holiday, Lego holiday special, which was all Lego characters. And it was amazing because the, they had a Daisy Ridley character who looked like Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> Legos are right. Legos really funny. But I mean, that was bizarre. Anyway, so I think he was kind of saying to himself, saying to the Star Wars fanatics, all right, I, I accept ownership of this thing. And he made, there were several jokes about the old special in the new one. And Life Day, which was something that he introduced in our show, became the, the subject of this, of this special. And of course, what most people remember it for who've never even seen it is Bubba Fett, because it was where we introduced, he introduced Bubba Fett which was a, a whole separate part. It was a 10-minute animated section that had nothing right. to do with anything else. But very little in the show had anything to do with anything else anyway. But that had particularly, it was the kid looking at a video, and the video was Bubba Fett. Now, of course, Bubba Fett has got his own series on Disney+, Plus and is, you know, in a house in Bel Air, and is probably marrying a Kardashian. So you could pretty much take credit for the popularity of Bubba Fett. I, I could, I could. Except, I mean, I, as I as I say in the book, we we really had nothing to do. They, I mean, he said he was trying to develop Bubba Fett as an animated feature, and he couldn't get any traction on it. And remember, this was after the for only the one Star Wars movie. Right. So he right. had he took his idea and had a, a studio in Canada do the thing the other thing i tell people I, there are two things i tell people about that show one is that gets them very upset which is that there were a lot of people in 1978 who did not think star wars was that big a deal mm. they mm -hmm. thought it was a funny summer picture the older ones who had grown up going to the movies on saturday morning to see what were what republic studios put out what were called the Republic serials, where a lot of science fiction was part of that. And they were always cliffhangers to get you back to the theater next Saturday morning. So they were shorts or, or they were very cheap 
features. But uh, it, it harkened back to that. And, and Star Wars was an effect, almost like a parody of those things. But it was not, no one projected this was going to be one of the great economic engines of show business uh, or become the, the pop culture thing that it became. So the idea of doing a Star Wars holiday special with guest stars from other CBS shows was not so out of another galaxy far, far away. It was very much what was going on at the time. That's the first thing. And the second thing is, I joke when I talk about it, about we were all, it was the 70s. And if you remember the 70s, you weren't there. <laughs> because mo most of us were semi-baked, a lot of them. And I say this, and, I, and then I, somebody sent me a, a, a thing from the blog saying, Valanche, who admits to copious drug abuse, you know, no, <laughs> no, I joke, I embroidered. I said that Carrie Fisher and I used to snort the sweet and low. But, you know, we, we, we always had a buzz going on in the office because everybody was, you know, would, would light up. By the way, you, uh -huh. could still, you could still smoke indoors in those days in American buildings. Right. And on airplanes, so it was a whole other world in that regard. You know, I never, I, I was not, was never a drug addict. I never was a, qual a a candidate for a twelve-step program. I embroider it because it, you know, but it certainly was there. And uh, I also say, if we, if we had known that that forty-five years later we'd be talking about this show, we all would have paid closer attention. <laughs> that that may be what. What history is about, in a way. It's kind of become like a cult classic, you know? Yeah. It, and let me tell you, it's a, probably a good thing that they came out with the new Star Wars trilogy, because now the Star Wars holiday special is no longer known as the worst Star Wars movie in history. Yeah, which this is like 7, 8, 9, th those? Or that? Yeah, 7, um, 8, 9. Oh, I thought that they would like Rebel 1, or uh, I thought uh, Solo, I thought, was the, like supposed to be the low point. Yeah, I like Solo. But, you know, I don't I don't know. I mean, one of the things about the special that, that cracks me up is that we had to have, because if George, he had he wanted it, uh, to do an original musical. That's what he sold CBS. But I, I kind of think that if he did want to do that, he wouldn't have sold them a show where the lead characters were the Wookiees, who, right. could, who, can't, who speak no known language, you know, who can't sing, they can't dance, they can barely move in those outfits. And when they talk, they, I mean, they sound like fat people having orgasms. I mean, trust, <laughs> trust me, I know. Like, you know, it's just, I, I could play the soundtrack from my home. He would have come up with something. So when, when CBS got these, this thing, they, uh, they had to do, we had to come up with a story where, where people would explain what the Wookiees were doing because the network would not allow us to use subtitles because they said nobody will read them because it was unheard of on television. You only saw them when you went to see, you know, a French picture. So the idea, and now I was with Lupita Nyong'o a few months ago and I said, you know, you didn't, you don't speak a line of English in any of those Star Wars movies. She's speaking some language with three K's in every other word like George invents. And she's subtitled. Every line she says is subtitled. And it's not at all uh, uncommon because now people watch Netflix in English with subtitles. Yeah. So it's right. Uh, right. The, world, the world, it's a new world, Goldie. The world has changed, you know, a lot. I wish I could have been in that writing room for the, hearing you all discuss the first 10 minutes of dialogue, which is all just Wookiee's dialogue. If we had to bring an Art Carney to translate, you'll notice. <laughs> <laughs> there were translators, I mean, 
Harrison had to translate anything that that, uh, that Chewie said. Uh, Mark Hamill translated a bunch of stuff. Leia did. And then we had Art Con. We had all these people who were speaking English, uh, translating what they were, what the, the creatures they were speaking to were saying. Now, Sarah's a resident Star Wars nerd. Star- Sarah, do you have any Star Wars questions before we move on to more of uh, Bruce's career? I'm just more in shock that it's like, George this and Harrison this and like it's just so surreal to me because I'm literally sitting in a Star Wars living room and (laughs) it's just incredible to me to hear you talk about this and and thank you for your contribution to the Star Wars world really. (laughs) Well that's the first time anyone has said that. (laughs) Usually they say thank you for what you've done. <laughs> no, I I love all things Star Wars, even seven, eight, and nine. Uh, listen, uh, I've I've all I've always told George, and you know, I was I, he said I can't believe that we did that. I don't. Uh, it never happened. I've erased it. I said, George, you lost me when you wouldn't let me play Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at. I said, this is for me. I get to sit on a barge. I never move. I get to you know handcuff carry to my barge. <laughs> And she disappears in what looks like a huge angry vagina in the desert. (laughs) That's what gets him. You know, I said, I'd like to, you know, be swallowed up by an angry vagina. It's kind of like, you know, it would be a cosmic thing. And he laughs and walks away. (laughs) Now, after Star Wars, you did a bunch of other stuff. But then you got into the Academy Awards in like the late 80s, early, early 90s. And then you eventually become the head writer in of the Academy Awards. I did. I, I, I was actually, uh, you know, the writing uh, credits were very fluid. I was billed uh, as a writer on 25 of them. And some of them, I was special material. Some of them, I was head writer. Some of them was co-head writer. I never could keep track. Wikipedia decided I was head writer. And I'm not correcting them because they, they make mistakes and I just don't correct them. I mean, they, I mean, there's, I think there's something on the Wikipedia page about how I am a dedicated vegan, which is hilarious. Oh. Because I had, and and I was on another show and and they brought that up and I said no I said I I not only eat meat I suck it. <laughs> <laughs> so you know I mean take that wiki, <laughs> run with it, run with it, do with it what you will. But it, uh, I forget what the original question was, but we'll you know oh Star Wars oh the uh, Oscar thing yeah so uh, actually informally worked on the shows. Since the last one, I was formally did because that people tend to call me up the week before and say I don't like this. Uh, a lot of what is written uh, now uh, is written by the staff of whoever's hosting the show. Who you generally they have a TV show going of their own. Like this year, it's Kimmel, and uh, and he'll bring his people over. You know, they they'll double dip. They'll get salaries on both ends, but it doesn't leave a whole lot of money left over for other writers on the show. So right. uh, people call and I say I don't want to say this and. You know how to do this. And so, you know, I, I get to sit back and, you know, watch it. And then, you know, the irony is no matter what you'd write, what you do, something will happen. Will Smith will slap somebody and that's all anybody will talk about. And that leads me to something because Wikipedia credits you for writing for one of the most iconic Academy Awards moments after Jack Palance did the the push-ups and writing of the jokes after that. Oh, that was that was not just me. That was a team effort. <laughs> It was Billy Led Crystal, you though, right? It was Billy Crystal, Robert Wall, who you know is uh, Archer, the before the comic series, 
Uh, he was on uh, HBO, a, a, a show about a sports uh, writer, and uh, David Steinberg, who was uh, not the comedian, but actually Billy's manager. And we were we were backstage writing the show and um, writing Billy's part of the show. And when it happened, and so we kind of tossed out everything uh, that we had and kept doing jokes about Jack because, of course, you know, Jack Palance won the Oscar for City Slickers, which was Billy's movie, and Billy put him in the movie. And and when he came out, what most people don't remember is that the first thing he, he came out, because Billy did some jokes about him in the monologue, and he came out, it was the first award, right? And it was being presented by the actress who had won Supporting Actress the year before, which was Whoopi. Oh. So Whoopi came out and she gave him the award, and, and then Jack Palance came out and he said, Billy Crystal, I crap bigger than him. And so we thought, okay, he's starting off on a high level of class. Let's see where he goes. And it seemed to me he spent a lot of time recovering. And finally, to show how virile he was, he hit the floor and started doing one arm push ups. So, it, and Whoopi was standing behind him, kind of going, you know, she looked, you know, like, like Hattie McDaniel and Gone with the Wind when, you know, when something awful happens to Scarlett. And Whoopi was giving her that look. And it was because she was totally nonplussed and they off they went. And Billy said, well, we have to do something about this. So we started working on, on these things and we just kind of kept going through the evening. At one point, his other manager came backstage and said, will you tell us how many tell me how many times you're going to do this? Because we have a pool going in the audience. Uh, <laughs> and I would like funny. to win. <laughs> And we won an Emmy. A year later, we won an Emmy for that. So Wow, that's amazing. We did. Well, I think they appreciated, the writer, other writers appreciated how we had uh, obviously, uh, you know, trashed everything we had and just come up with stuff on the spot. But that's the fun of those shows, uh, of award shows. I mean, <clears throat> what Will Smith did was heinous, but the, the idea is they're live all over the world and just they're, they're, some, some spontaneous things occur. And it's always, I mean, it's, Somebody says, it's live television, the way God meant it to be. <laughs> now, Bruce, you've done some, you've worked with some other comedians as well. You've done some writing for Lily Tomlin, Billy Crystal, and then the late, great Robin Williams. Uh, please tell, how how was that? Tell me what it was like working with Robin Williams. We got friendly before he was famous, and he was he was uh, wildly spontaneous, but I kind of, I would help him figure out what he was going to do. I would write something and then I would, I, my joke is I'd throw it in the cage and Robin would kind of devour it. And, and then, you know, he was, people say, is he always that spontaneous? And I would say the first time, yeah. What happens with, with a lot of comedians is you find something that works and you embroider it as you, uh, on stage every night. And it's important when they do stand up that they work every night, that they go out and they deal with an audience. And so that would, uh, a lot of what would be incorporating what he had done the night before and just and sort of shaping it and all of that. And uh, he tells it better than I do in a, uh, they made a movie about me about 20 years ago called Get Bruce, produced by Harvey Weinstein. Oh. Who never laid a hand on me. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag, why not me? <laughs> <laughs> but he was a very good producer and 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 robin billy whoopi and bet midler are the centerpieces of it and they have long interviews with them and robin is really robin and my mother are the stars of the movie as far as i'm concerned because robin is really funny 
describing his the process. <laughs> of, That's amazing. Of putting stuff together, yeah. Now, speaking of mothers, you got to play an iconic <laughs> mother on Broadway, Edna Turnblad on Hairspray. Yes. How much fun was that for you? It was the greatest. I did I did two years. I did a year on the road, and then I went to Broadway. It was it pushed an OCD button I didn't know I had. Uh, we're doing eight a week. I mean, it was it was fun to get into the drag. And the thing about that role is she progresses in the course of the show. She is a big fat slob at the beginning, and by the end, she is this glamorous sort of Lizzo kind of uh, you know plus sized glamour girl. What that means is, and she she progresses in the show. So every time you're off stage, the squad jumps you and rips off your clothing and, you know, put, puts a wig and things and more makeup comes on and all that kind of stuff. And so you really have no time to think. The, the calmest moment you have is when you're on stage. <laughs> There's nobody pestering you. They're, you know, they're all over you. It's a, it's a lot of fun. I mean, just and, and that show is such an up. You know, it's, uh, I always say uh, if I had to play Medea and she kills her children and drags the corpses around the stage for eight times a week, I would not be a lighthearted person. I kind of get Vanessa Redgrave that she's played so many of these characters that it's hard to then emerge, you know, and be be a yo-ho-ho kind of person. Um, but Hairspray, the minute you hit the stage, you realize the audience is there for to party. And uh, right. and it's just it just gets you can't stop the beat. You know, it just gets headier and headier and more and more fun. So Chris likes to ask a question of our celebrity guests, but you've worked with a lot of Hollywood stars, a lot of celebrities. Chris, go ahead with your question. Listen, even if this is off the record, even if it's just for our ears only, we need to know. We So we this is a reoccurring subject that comes up on the show. When you're watching a movie or TV show, you kind of wonder what these celebrities smell like. Are they good? Do they smell good? Do they smell bad? Who is the worst smelling celebrity that you've worked with or that you know of? What a great question. Like like the, guy that just the guy or girl that just never wears deodorant on set? Go around. I, well, you know, I haven't gone around sniffing them. So, it, and uh, I, I really haven't, I mean, uh, I, I wouldn't know how to answer, seriously, because they, uh, I, it never occurred to me, unless unless I'm forgetting somebody who came, you know, onto the set. Um, Ricky Lake used to say, who's not, who smells great, but when she had a talk show, you know, she, and it's hard to get audiences into talk shows, and, and because it depends on when you're taping and all that, and where you are, and she was taping in New York, and it would be in the middle of the afternoon, and so not a lot of people are available, so they bring people in. Or they'll give them hot lunch or something to get them into the audience. And once once I asked her, I said, "What is it like?" Uh, she said, "Well, you know, you know, you know what they're going to look like, but no one tells you what they're going to smell like." <laughs> <laughs> she used to go out in the audience on in you know with a mic in her in her first uh, afternoon talk show, and apparently there were quite a few that you know she just could only stand to be with for a minute or so. But she had to <laughs> I, I've not had that experience. <laughs> well, now Sorry. I guarantee now next time you're on set with someone, you're giving someone a hug. You're going to remember now. Oh, man, they're going to start doing a, a mental ranking of best smelling celebrities. Who just made a, a remark about that? Steven Soderbergh. Today, I saw a remark about, about Magic Mike. His movie is coming out this weekend. He said uh -huh. it was inspired by, by he, he went to Vegas to see Magic Mike live and the dancers were you're coming over to him and all that. And he said, they all smelled great. Then they were dancing like crazy. And he thought, I don't know, there's, there's a story now. There's some new thing we can do about how these guys are like perfect people who are dancing, stripping for a living. I haven't seen this new movie, so I have no idea if he, he applied it. <laughs> 
But he said it never occurred to me. He thought they were going to be like wrestlers, you know. <laughs> Bruce, what do you got coming up? What are you working on now? Well, I, I wrote a musical about a guy, a two-person, a small musical, about a guy who's a, a gay 40-year-old comic who's uh, working as a waiter at Caroline's in New York because he's washed up and COVID hits and he has to quarantine in the in the attic of his uh, childhood home, his parents' home in Longview, Texas, where he has an intimate relationship with his imaginary friend, Dolly Parton. Oh, oh wow. That sounds incredible. He steps off out of a poster in the wall. And it's uh, all of uh, 14 of Dolly. It's called Here You Come Again, which sounds like a porno, but isn't. <laughs> here, here You Come Again, How Dolly Saved My Life in 12 Easy Songs. And... We got a grant. There were a lot of grants going around during COVID, and we wrote it and did a Zoom. And these th a theater said they wanted to produce it. So I had to go to Dolly for the music rights. And I had worked with her over the years. And I thought, you know, this is not her brand. She would, she loved it. Oh, man, that's She's awesome. Now my partner, and we're opening it in Nashville, May 17th, at Studio 10, which is run by Patrick Cassidy, who you, an actor you may remember, who's part of the Partridge family. David Cassidy, Shirley Jones, that's his mother. Right, right. Yeah, so, um, and it's uh, two characters, and Dolly will hopefully be among us when we do it. And we've done it in three uh, theaters so far, and it's been a big hit everywhere. So here you wow. come again, Nashville, May 17th. That's awesome. There and, I go. Uh, Bruce, how can all, all of our listeners find you, uh, follow you, all that good stuff? Uh, well, I would say go on wegotbruce.com, uh, which is uh, run by, a, a, it's a fan site, and they know where I am all the time that's that's oh i mean i, I mean i'm on facebook I'm, i show up on very i mean i have accounts i don't use them too much but i i follow other people and but we got bruce knows where i am i have to go on there every day to find out what i'm doing because <laughs> he knows more than i know it's just very strange i don't know who he's plugging into but you know i got on we got bruce.com and i love you as the mgm lion they tried to shut me down but no <laughs> And if I were a Leo, it would be perfect. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm a Sag. I'm a Leo love. Uh, there, uh, there you go. Bruce, thank you so much for You're taking time out of your busy thank schedule you. to hang out well, with us this evening. I hope, hope you make it through the rain or whatever's <laughs> yeah, happening in Florida. Who, who knows what's happening in Florida? It's Florida. Who knows? Rhonda, Rhonda Santos, who's a drag queen I know. <laughs> Rhonda drag queen in Lauderdale. Rhonda Santos. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Check out Bruce's new show, Here You Come Again. Check out the website, wegotbruce.com. Bruce Valant, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you. Have fun, everybody. Thanks, Bruce. Thank you. When we come back, we've got adulting question of the week, Jersey man, Florida man, Chris's cliff notes, and much more. You're listening to the No New Friends podcast. St. Augustine, Florida, 2022. You're on the Night Watchman Ghost Tour with all of your ghoul friends. The air grows colder, you turn the corner, and there she is, Ghost Mary. Okay, you probably won't run into Ghost Mary. Um, you may see a ghost named Mary, 
I'm not really 100% sure, but the tour guides for the Night Watchman Ghost Tour from Sea America Tours do know it is the only 4D ghost tour in St. Augustine. So if you have ever wondered what a ghost smells like, well, now is your chance. And right now they have a scary good deal going on. Enter the promo code NNF as in no new friends and receive 25% off your Night Watchman Ghost Tour. So visit them at seeamericatours.net. That is S-E-E americatours.net. Okay, bye. Hey there, Scott here. You all know I like to spend time wandering the neighborhood on my, my big wheels or hanging out at the park with my fedora and my Bud Light. So I don't have time to clean my own house. That's why I've been using I Believe Services for the past six, seven years, and they're the best in commercial and residential cleaning. They're also doing carpet shampooing at such a reasonable price. Just check them out. That's IBelieveServices.us. Give them a call, 407-928-4595, and tell them that the No New Friends podcast sent you. Hey, it's Dane from Big Beautiful Diz. If you haven't heard of my YouTube channel already, it's all about theme parks. Theme park history, theme park reviews, theme park opinions, and interviews with people in the industry or the community. So if you're a theme park fan, head over to youtube.com slash c bigbeautifuldiz and hit that red subscribe button. I'll see you over there, everybody. This is the No New Friends Podcast, and I am Carlos Alberto Navarro, bro, listening to No New Friends Podcast, and I'm out, bro. Welcome back to the No New Friends podcast. That was a really fun interview with Bruce Valanche. Going into it, I didn't know how much he was credited for. You know, the Academy Yeah, pretty crazy. The Brady Bunch Variety Hour, which lasted for like a day. You know, it wasn't very long, but just amazing stories. Sarah, it was cool to see you get kind of starstruck when he was talking about just, oh, just casual conversations with George and Mark. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I can't even imagine being in the same room with all of them. I know, right? And smoking whatever they were smoking, uh, which must have been fun. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so next week is our is our two year anniversary show. Uh, two wow! Year, yeah, two year anniversary show, and we're doing something really fun. It's called the Friendlies. It's the first annual Friendlies. Yeah, it's called the Friendies. Friendlies is a place that you is spend it the a lot Friendies? of childhood. Yes. <laughs> is it, I keep forgetting what we're calling it. The Friendies. I think the it's friendlies. the Friendies. I think it's the, the Friendies. friendies. Oh, friendlies like the we Dundies. might get yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. friendlies. Yes, yes, uh, yes friendlies. Yes. We might get copyright stricken for <laughs> right because the there's still like three of them. There's still like three of them around. <laughs> so this year we we allowed uh, anybody who's in our Discord to vote, and next year we'll open it up to the public. Although Discord is public, so you know why not just join our Discord, but also join our Patreon, all that good stuff. But the friendies coming up next. Next week on our episode, and then in two weeks, we've got a really, really cool interview coming up. Uh, I don't want to say who it is, even though I've said who it is, because even though we're confirmed, who knows what could happen? There could be a power outage. You never know. All right. You guys ready for the adulting question of the week? Yes. Very much so. Okay. This is, this is a, I really like this one. I was proposed to this weekend. I'm happy about that, but I can't shake the feeling of disappointment I get with how it went down. 
My partner and I had planned a romantic day for Valentine's Day. Absolutely nothing went to plan. A bird pooped on us. We both got ups- uh, upset stomachs from lunch. Everything was fully booked. The only thing that went sort of right was dinner, an all-you-can-eat place. I stuffed myself and just wanted to go to bed. We went home. He proposed to me in our bedroom. Didn't even get down on one knee. It just felt rushed and ill-prepared. But I don't want to hurt my partner's feelings with my disapproval because he expressed feeling stressed about it being perfect. But I can't help it. I can't help but feel disappointed when reading other proposal stories. What do I do? Yikes. So, Sarah, we'll get I, I think this was e- either written by a female or written by a more feminine gay man. We, we uh, Yeah, absolutely. So we'll start. There's with no doubt in that. You have to be happy regardless. If that's the person that you love and that's the person you want to be with, then it's memorable regardless of how it went down. You know, I mean, Lewis didn't get down on one knee or anything, but it's yeah, I was just pissed it, off it wasn't. all day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of deserve that, honestly. Um, but no, I I don't even think back to that. I think back to how incredible it was, and I laugh at the story now because of how funny it was that I ended up angry on the day that he just wanted to be like, "Hey, I want to spend my whole life with you, you angry bitch." No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to be happy regardless. Chris, what what are your what are your thoughts on this? Now, rookie mistake on this guy. Uh, honest, honesty, uh, honest thing that I did. I don't know what I'm trying to say. True story. There we go. True story. Um, I bought the ring. I the ring was in the process of being made, and Emily and I are laying in bed. And I said, you know, it's not going to happen anytime soon. But when it does happen, what was what's like your dream scenario of? our proposal because listen i'm a showman i want to do this i like i wanted to run out of movie theater and edit a movie trailer of me like doing something like that she didn't want any of that she didn't want any of that she wanted something low-key and intimate so that's exactly what i did and i she was at actually let me let me tell the story uh she was at college i mean she was at class we lived together for like a month at this point she went to class I went out, got a cheese tray, got a bottle of wine, borrowed wine glasses from my mom because we didn't have wine glasses yet. Put on Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons there on TV because that's kind of like our band, right? And she comes home. I said, hey, surprise date night. And she still has the picture on from her Snapchat that says, oh, uh, you know, Chris surprised me with a surprise date night. And that's how I proposed to her, something low key. But listen, I asked. I asked because because uh, it's stuff like if I didn't ask I would be the person on this Facebook post right okay no that's that's good it's good that you asked and so basic was fine so I did this huge grand thing it was this whole setup with uh with a scavenger hunt through town and there was a different friend at each location and then she ended up being brought to and she thought I was at work because I kept sending her best friend videos and I'm wearing my chef coat and I'm like in the back area and she saw me leave that day wearing the chef coat and said goodbye because I didn't wear my chef coat every day but she was like uh you know oh you wear your chef coat she loved when I'm wearing my chef coat so I made sure to make it a point to do that so I'm sending her all these I have videos. a question real quick I have a yeah. question mm-hmm. like a fetish is that a fetish? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe she did have a chef coat fetish. I don't know. Because I, I, I can attest to the chef coat. Oh. That makes you feel any better. It's well, a real okay. thing. Okay. Well, problem solved, Scott. No more full <laughs> naked man or whatever you call it. 
where wear nothing but a chef coat. <laughs> <laughs> so like like Winnie the Pooh with the with the chef coat. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. All right. One hundred percent. Shaking her head. Okay. All right. I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna try that. All right. Okay. I also thought about like she loves bubble wrap, so I thought about making a, a bubble wrap speedo, but I couldn't find that's, any bubble wrap. Yeah, that's really weird. Actually, I'm. Glad <laughs> that. that's, that's really really weird. <laughs> So anyway, it's, it's this grand scavenger hunt and all that, and she gets brought to Hard Rock Hotel at at Universal, and I'm at the Butterfly Garden. So she com- like she comes up, she's like, "Oh my gosh, I thought you were working," and she thought that like that was the big surprise for the day. So I'm so nervous. Like I already know she's going to say yes. She already bought the dress. We just hadn't <laughs> like we hadn't made it. We already looked at the venue. We just hadn't proposed yet. So she comes walking up, and all day, all day. I'm rehearsing this line in my head and and the, the line was supposed to be something like will you will you allow me to do the honor of marrying you or something like that something you know cheesy and something that's not what comes out of my mouth it's would you do the honor of marrying me so kind of like the ple- <laughs> the, the pleasure, pleasure is, is all yours, yours. <laughs> <laughs> it comes full circle <laughs> And I don't know why I would say it that way. It just, I don't know. It wasn't just a, like, I couldn't just say, will you marry me? Because then it's like this whole buildup all day to just those four words. You know, it, it just, it was anticlimactic. But listen, I'm going to, I'll answer the question. No, this guy should have done a better job because unless they specifically said that she wanted basic in their, in their bedroom or whatever. No, this is the story that she's going to talk about for the rest of her life. And the way you did it is important. And that's why, like, I I saved up several bonuses to to do this grand thing because I wanted her to tell a good story. I wanted her to have a good story because really I had nothing else going for me. Uh, I'm pretty much terrible. So at least I have that. <laughs> at least I have this amazing proposal that I gave her that she can tell about. So bottom line, uh, yeah, dude, you should have done better. And, you know, look, she should be happy that uh, that it, she got proposed to and all that. But, yeah, I think she should have expected a little bit more. And that's it. All right. Are you guys ready to play Jersey Man, Florida Man? Yes. For Chris, it's a rhetorical question. Thank you, Sarah, for answering. All right. <laughs> Here we go. I thought somebody should answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll, you stop feeling bad after a while. Whether flipping a fan boat or crashing a truck, these states are filled with people who suck. So it's time for us to play New Jersey Man versus Florida Man. That's right. Every week, Ryan brings us two news stories. One is from New Jersey. One is from Florida. It is up to us to decide uh, which one's which. Take it away, Ryan. Hey, guys. This is Ryan coming to you from the No New Friends newsroom located this week in front of my TV where I just finished watching the Super Bowl. Now, I'm not a big football fan myself, but if there's one game a year I'm going to watch, it's the Super Bowl. So here's what I gathered while watching the game. I learned that Jalen Hurts of the Eagles played for the Sooners in college. Now, Scott, is that where you went to college? You've been known as a come-to Sooner since high school. (laughs) Now, one of the reasons I watched the Super Bowl is for the commercials. I saw a commercial for boosters. I'm not sure what that is. Here in North Carolina, the only boosters we know of are the boosters seats that people like Chris have to sit in so they can reach your meal at Applebee's. And of course, the aging dog commercial had us all reaching for the tissues. I heard Scott grab the tissues and ran to the bathroom he was crying so bad. Maybe that was for something else. Anyways, how about that halftime show? I was really surprised to see Rihanna up on those floating platforms. I haven't seen a woman that high since the doctors gave fentanyl to Mary. Rihanna was so far up there, she could have popped one of those Chinese spy balloons. 
Maybe China's just sending us Valentine's Day balloons and we just keep shooting them down before we can read that to say be mine on the side of them. I asked Scott his opinion on the halftime show. He told me it really wasn't his thing. I said, what do you think would improve it? He said, more white people dancing and less Rihanna and more Will Smith. Well, Scott, maybe next year. And we all know how the final score ended. In classic Chris form, I stood and clapped as they closed the casket on the evening. But enough of the Super Bowl. Let's get into this week's Jersey Man or Florida Man. And in our first story, a man stabs his roommate in an attempt to release Satan, then turns the knife on himself. And in our second story, a man stabs another man in a donut shop with a ninja star. <laughs> wow, lots of stabbings this week. This is uh, they, they may both be from Jersey. I know, I know. Wow. <laughs> All right. Uh, Chris, since your Eagles lost, I'm going to throw it to you. You get to go first. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I, first of all, speaking about the Eagles, I did predict them to score 35 points, and they did. You did. They, they did. did. So that was uh, was pretty impressive. I'm going to guess that the uh, stabbing because of the devil was New Jersey because I think the Ninja Star had to do so with something racist. So that reminds me of something Floridians would do. So I'm going to say uh, the, the the stabbing with the uh, throwing star would be Florida. All right, Sarah, what do you think? I have to agree with Chris, but I think it's because the Ninja Star one has to do with food. Um, mm. And I just feel like a Floridian would stab somebody over a donut for sure <laughs> <laughs> all right so i'm gonna go opposite uh opposite the both of you i'm gonna say that the stabbing for the satan thing is florida because you know how we've got a lot of religious fanatics here in florida oh, i'm gonna go dunkin do. donuts at Jer- <laughs> uh, in jersey because if there's one thing that jerseyans and new yorkians hate it's uh, it's Boston people, and Dunkin' Donuts came from Boston, so they would commit uh, crime in a Dunkin' Donuts. So let's find out bad the, coffee. Well, and the, yeah, they just twirl it around to to to, to mix it up. It's true. <laughs> All right, let's find out the answers. So our first story is from Florida, where a 25 year old man is behind bars for stabbing his roommate in the chest before turning the knife on himself. When police showed up, the man was making statements like, Satan will come out of the wound. Satan is still in me. I stopped a random Florida man on the street and asked him his opinion on the crime. He had this to say. Hail Satan. Not Florida's not just full of meth heads, or as I call them, Mexican americans It's also filled with Satanists, apparently. mexican americans So that means our second story was from New Jersey, where an 18-year-old man is facing multiple charges for stabbing another man in a Dunkin' Donuts with a ninja star. He's being charged with aggravated assault, weapon offenses, and possession of psychedelic mushrooms and a controlled substance. So now apparently New Jersey has teenage mutant ninja tweakers. (laughs) And in other news, scientists are very close to producing a male birth control pill. They've been doing trials on mice and opening up to human trials. Some of the side effects may be weight gain, hair loss, impotence. Scott, are you in this clinical trial? (laughs) I guess you actually have to go to Costco to make this trial work. (laughs) Anyways, that's it for me this week, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, The Remy sound bites will never get old. No, they won't. They'll never get old. Well Uh, done. Yeah, great job, Ryan, as always. All right, Chris, you got any cliff notes? I do. (laughs) It's been quite the show. A lot of stuff's happened, so nothing can stop this little boy from recapping the day. Chris's Cliff's Notes Wave. <laughs> so you could hear it. I wanted you to be able to hear it. I know. You freaking boomer. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 
for those of you at home, we're we're having uh, some slight audio <laughs> problems. You're not going to notice it, but for the lot, they can't hear when I'm playing these sound things. Uh, so we are where we are. <laughs> All right, so in our first segment, Scott talked about the music box that he ordered online for Rachel. He described it as looking huge in person, or on the internet. When it arrived in person, it was really small. Now, this happens to a lot of people when they order something online. It looks huge, it comes a lot smaller. For those of you who don't know, Scott and Rachel met on an online dating (laughs) dating site, and Scott was the only thing that looked huge online and was actually even bigger when he arrived. Scott, when you said that you wanted to pull off the naked man, I thought that you were actually trying to tell us that you were coming out as gay, because that is way more believable than you thinking Rachel would find you presenting your freshly shaven shaft even remotely attractive. <laughs> for those at home, uh, please remember to use code NNF to, uh, for you to have a freshly shaven shaft on Manscaped.com. 20% off. Scott sent me a picture after using the lawnmower 4.0, and I'm not going to lie. I thought he was at the zoo trying to show me the new naked mole rat exhibit. <laughs> fresh, fresh shave. I'm really impressed. It really, really gets down, Thanks, it gets down close to the skin. It does. It's a good it really job. Does. You know, all that, all those jokes about you saying you can't really reach down there. You did a good. You did a hell of a job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So uh, in our in our interview with the great Bruce Valanche, uh, Bruce talked about how George Lucas turned him down for the role of Jabba the Hutt. Now, rumor has it this was the uh, because he had too much hair, which makes sense because Jabba the Hutt is bald. A lot of people don't know this, but Scott actually auditioned for the same role and was turned down. Now, obviously, it wasn't because he had too much hair. It was actually because he was just way too fat. <laughs> <laughs> And Ryan just sent a picture of a naked mole rat in the chat. It's, <laughs> it's dangerously close to resembling your penis, Scott. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, Bruce goes on to make a hilarious joke about the uh, amount of meat that he eats. And that is the only thing that Scott is better at than Bruce Philander. Uh, apparently he's much better at sucking it. <laughs> Lastly, Scott was talking about how nervous he was when he was proposing to Rachel, and I haven't seen him that nervous since he pointed out the elementary school on the way home back to his house. (laughs) Wow. Very nervous. (laughs) Those are my cliff notes. It's been quite the show. A lot of stuff's happened, so nothing can stop this little boy from recapping the day. The Chris's Cliff's Notes way. Thank you, Chris, as always. One little spark of inspiration is at the heart of all creation. Right at the start of everything that's new. One little spark amongst a few. Hey, it's Alex from Diz His. You know me. You know Joe. You definitely know Chris. And you know Jen. Well, we're the host of Diz His, the Disney History Podcast. Every week we take one Disney subject and go over the history, as well as our insight on the subject. We talk about other Disney topics, as well as what's new in the news. You can find us on all podcast platforms, or go to our website, dizhiz.com. That's D-I-Z-H-I-Z.com. And we're on all social media at dizhiz65. Chris, what do you got coming up on Dizhiz this week? Now, before we get into what's coming up on Disney, Scott, I did text you earlier saying I was going to be late to the recording tonight. I, I didn't get that one. Well, uh, good thing you didn't because I wasn't late. I was here on time. Yeah. And yeah. you know why I was here on time? Why were you here on time? 
Nick from Sandpiper Vacations. Now, oh. a lot of this, this doesn't make a lot of sense to anyone right now because, uh, you know, I was going to be late and the Nick from Sandpiper is the reason why I'm not late. What was I booking a vacation? No, actually, I wasn't. If you did want to book a vacation, Nick from Sandpiper Vacations is the best person to reach out to. But people don't know that he's also good at a lot of other things. I was on my way home back from the office. I don't even think after, he knows how good he is at all these things. I know. I know. He's about to learn. Uh, I was uh, I was on my way back from the office from doing not work. And <laughs> I hit a really bad pothole. Oh, the no. roads in New Jersey are really bad. Uh, hit it so hard and so viciously that it, 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 my tire completely burst. Like there was a big slit on the side. It looked like somebody stabbed the side of my tire. So... I was thinking, what, how am I going to change? I don't know how to change a tire. Scott, I have no idea how to change a tire. <laughs> you uh, really some, are a little boy. Jesus. I, for, for some reason, for some reason, something compelled me to call Nick from Sandpiper. And he walked me through on FaceTime how to change my tire. So not only is he great at booking, tr- booking vacations, he actually just booked for me and my family and my neighbors. Uh, he's really good at, uh, at change, how to change your tire tutorials. Um, <laughs> It, it was, he's the reason why I'm here tonight. I don't, I couldn't, listen, I had to pull over on the side of the road. It was a shady neighborhood. I could have died. So I'm not even being dramatic, but he, Nick from Sandpiper Vacations could have saved my life tonight. So Nick from Sandpiper, thank you so much. And if anybody else wants to book a vacation with Nick or even just reach out to say hi, go to sandpipervacations.com, get a free quote, tell them the No New Friends podcast sent you, but make sure you're probably booking a vacation while you're doing so. <laughs> we, we need to get, we need to make a uh, No New Friends mechanic shirt and uh, <laughs> just get Nick on it and send it to him. <laughs> We're going to just have, we'll have a shirt with his resume and it's going to look like the Bible, just with all, the, <laughs> all the different things that he can do. Or just all of Remy's jobs. <laughs> We'd need two shirts for that. Or we keep our one of your shirts, Scott, for that. Oh, wow. space. So this week on this is something not funny, actually. Oh, uh, we And this was one of my more serious. I, it was really hard to make jokes this episode. We were, it was a Black History Month uh, episode. And we, we uh, to honor Black History Month, we did, uh, or to honor Black Americans during Black History Month, we did uh, Red Tails, the movie Red Tails, which is about the Tuskegee Airmen. I've never even heard of this movie. Never yeah, heard no, of it. Yeah, me either until last week. It's on Disney+. Plus. Uh, it's about the Tuskegee Airmen. Listen to this cast and you're going to be like, what? I did what? How did I not hear about this? Leslie Odom Jr., who was, we, you didn't know who he was back then. But Michael B. Jordan, Cuba Gooding Jr., Brian Cranston. Um, yeah, <laughs> just look it up. Neo and Method Man. It came out in 2012. It was by George. It was a George Lucas film production. No, oh my God. <laughs> yes, I'm dead serious. I'm de- and George Lucas, they they didn't want to fund the project anymore. And George was like, "No, I'll fund it." And George Lucas like put up the money to finish it. He finished directing it because the the it was the direct. You know that you ever hear is Twelve Years a Slave won the best picture in in 2013. Yeah, the director of that directed this movie in 2012. Like it was a huge cast. Not a great movie. It's just it's not a yeah. Five point nine out of ten stars on IMDb. Yeah, not a great movie but it sends a great message again the movie's not great but the message it sends is i'm glad that i watched it for to do the history on it really rich history if you don't know anything about the tuskegee airmen strongly encourage you to look them up very cool group of of guys awesome well you can check out diz his on all social media that's diz his 65 check out their website diz their episodes come out every tuesday morning there's some other great podcasts that we uh, always want to remind you to to check out. 
Uh, Sarah, you want to tell them about the Nerd Archive podcast? Oh, the Nerd Archive podcast hosted by my lovely husband. They talk about all things nerdy. That's how I stay up to date on all that stuff. So you have to go check them out. They're on all streaming platforms, of course. Spotify, Apple, you know, the work. Yeah, awesome. Check out Nerd Archive podcast. Also check out Remy's Roundtable, the theme park podcast that is about all things Central Florida, Florida, and Florida theme parks. Also Studio 21, the baseball podcast. Big Beautiful Diz, which is uh, Dane's YouTube channel, uh, right there on YouTube. You can check out Dane interviews. And then Don't Wreck Yourself, which uh, Don't Wreck Yourself Ryan deep dives into the things that are wrecking the internet. If you'd like to connect with us on the YouTube, the Instagram, the Twitter, the TikTok, the Facebook, all of our social media, just check out our website, nonewfriendspodcast.com. Check out our really sweet merchandise and join our clubhouse. Become a Patreon member and you can watch this stuff as it happens live. Don't forget, next week is our two-year anniversary show. We've got our first annual Friendies Awards and much more on behalf of game master ryan our producer alex sarah chris mary i'm scott thank you so much for listening we'll see you next time okay bye